back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. Noah Hiles here, and I'll be taking you through this Tuesday morning all by myself. Alex on a, is it a red-eye flight? I don't know. He had a really, really weird flight time um, home from Milwaukee, so he had to hurry up and finish his story, so it's just going to be me, and that's fine. I, I, I'd like to think we have a good enough relationship where... I can hold it down by myself, if, if that's okay with you guys. If, if you have a problem with it, I don't know what to say. I don't. Well, actually, I do know what to say. If you do have a problem with it, you can head over, just scroll down a little bit on our uh, podcast feed and listen to Morning Java. Alex and I did do that show together, and that's 100% on the trade deadline, which we aren't going to talk about on this show. I'm not going to talk a lot about the trade deadline. I know it happened yesterday. It ended yesterday, and... um it's the biggest story in baseball right now, but the Pirates really didn't do much, to be to be honest. They, they did nothing. They did nothing on the final day, aside from call up Brian Hayes, which we will talk about later in this show, but they made no trades, so I, I didn't feel that it was necessary to cover that in both a podcast and Morning Java, but we talk about the trade deadline, what the lack of moves that weren't made... Uh, or the lack of moves that were made by the Pirates, what that means to the franchise, and we talk about the overall deadline for baseball on Morning Java. I encourage you to check that out. But you're not tuned into Morning Java right now. You're tuned in to the podcast to be named later. And what I want to talk about is the Brewers series. Just And not just this past series, but the Pirates, I believe, are done playing the Brewers. They've played each other... 10 times, I think that's it, and I. by the way the season's going, I think that the Pirates might end up having the best, this might be their best record against any opponent, they finished 500 against the Brewers, they finished 5-5, five and five. but after reviewing all 10 matchups, the Pirates should have went 8-2 and two against this team, or I think at worst case scenario, 7-3. and three. I was going through it. The first series against the Brewers, they should have won two of those three games. Woodruff threw a one-hit shutout the one game. That that was, a, that was a loss. You take that L. They won the other. They won the middle game. And the first game is when they blew, I believe, a five-run lead. So, you look, that's a two-and-one split. Then they sweep them in their second series at home. Uh... And then they go three and or they go one and three against Milwaukee in this four game set when they should have really gone three and one. Their matchup on Friday night, they had no chance. They got crushed. Saturday, Josh Hader gave them a victory. Essentially gave them a victory. To which Richard Rodriguez squandered. Relatively fast, too. And that hurt his trade value. He continues to hurt his trade value, as, do, as does you know everyone who was eligible to be traded, it seemed. Anyone that had interest surrounding them. Sunday, they get the win. Monday, Trevor Williams continues to struggle. And Alex isn't on this podcast, so I can continue speaking my thoughts on Trevor Williams. Yeah, did he get a lot of help from his fielding? No, not at all. They had two errors, I believe, when he was out there on the mound. Um... But Trevor Williams 
for as many nice things as Alex likes to say about him, and I know he has some decent splits, I believe, against left-handers. His pitches look not too bad, but the guy can't get it. He can't get through five innings. What team is going to want him? He can't get through five innings. He's not efficient on the mound, and he was very inefficient last night. Yet they still found a way to tie the game, but they found a way to lose it. <sighs> so by my count, maybe the Pirates split if everything goes as it should have gone. That's still 7-3 and two, seven and three against the Brewers, as opposed to... As opposed to going five and five, eight and two, or five and five, seven and two, and five and five, and I'm not gonna go down the well. This team's only X amount of games out of a playoff spot route because that's just it's insulting to even think that way at this point. I kind of joked about it the first time they swept the Brewers just to be funny, but. That's not the case here. However, I will say that those three wins, they make a difference. Maybe not in the playoff race. I get that. But wins matter more than just for standings, for pole position in, in Major League Baseball. You could argue and say they don't, and ultimately that's why you want to win, is to get to the postseason. But wins have more of an impact on a ball club than just positioning in the standings. Those three wins might mean better execution from certain players. For example, if Richard Rodriguez gets a save against Milwaukee on Saturday night, I don't know if he's wearing a Pirates uniform on Tuesday. Today. I don't know if that's the case. That blown save might have cost him a trade. A ticket out of this last place team. And that might sound dramatic, but I'm not I'm not kidding. And that's one of many instances. If they could find a way to win these games, it might have resulted in them being able to trade a couple more guys away. And if they can do that, that means they get young talent. And they bulk up a farm system. And they're not going to get anyone special for Richard Rodriguez or Trevor Williams or Adam Frazier or whoever right now. But any addition to the farm system helps. I mean, you see teams who are in a much better place than the Pirates. And they're still adding young talent. They're still adding prospects. The Pirates needed to get more young talent this trade deadline and they did not this is they're in the i say this in java they're this is the worst case scenario that ben charrington could have hoped for the team is so bad they couldn't have traded anyone away those three wins that they left on the table against the brewers that makes a difference it does you can't convince me otherwise not only does that probably mean guys produce in those victories but you start off the season winning a series against the Brewers. Guys might have confidence moving forward then. I've said on this show a million times how certain players, they're in a mental funk. How they can't get going. And I think victories might ease that tension a little bit. 
three more wins as trivial as as dramatic as as crazy as it might sound might make the difference and help a guy get out of a slump help a josh bell get going a little bit more when you're going 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and your team's losing every single night and you're an all-star you're looked at as one of the faces of the franchise that weighs on you a bit more but if they're winning Maybe you feel, hey, I don't have to do this all by myself. And you can get it together and produce. And Josh Bell didn't have a terrible series against Milwaukee. He actually did okay in three of the four games. He had a horrible game on Monday. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, these these wins, they leave off the table. And it's not been the case for some series. There's been some, I guess the Cubs, I mean, they they wasn't really that great against one, and they play them today. You know the White Sox; they were no, they weren't close. Minnesota; they left some games on the table. I mean, we can play the schedule game all, all day long. But my point being is that that these wins, even though their playoff chances are long gone, it's still important to win ball games. It was very important to win ball games last week, this past weekend. And it's still going to continue to be important for them to win ball games. And that's on that should be Derek Shelton's emphasis as they they finish the second half of the year is you know, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they need to learn how to win. They need to learn how to compete. Because it's it's important for building a culture. It's a first-year manager. It's a first-year front office. It's a first-year into this whole process that they're they're starting. And when this team wins, yeah, they have a little bit of a pep in their step. But they're 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 finding ways to continually screw up opportunities that could result in a victory. That's that's discouraging. I guess that's what you get from a worst the worst team in baseball, a bad ball club. This bad ball club is going to get a little bit better hopefully today when the club officially announces that its second best prospect is joining the major league team. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Brian Hayes joining the big league ball club when we come back. Segment two of the show, and we're going to be talking, I say we like Alex is joining me. Segment two of the show, and I'm going to be talking about Brian Hayes. I think it was Friday's show was our was our Brian Hayes signal. We sent out the bat signal, and I guess uh, Charrington and Shelton and everybody saw it. The episode was even titled, Where in the World is Kebrian Hayes? And uh, on Tuesday, he'll be on the North Shore. He'll be playing in a Pirates uniform. That story was reported by just about everyone, including Alex, who confirmed the report. And the Pirates is a first-round draft pick in 2015. And he is now in the major leagues. Coming to the Pirates... And uh, you'd, you'd assume that he would start on Tuesday, but when it comes to predicting Derek Shelton lineups, 
I I am 0 for what seems like 30. So I'm not going to try and guess if he starts, if he pinch hits, if they save him a day, just let him take BP and settle in. I don't know what's going to happen, but it, I, it, it would make sense if he started. I'll say that. So, And if he doesn't, you know, he will start one game against the Cubs. And it's something in a season where there haven't been many moments for Pirates fans to be excited about. This is something that everyone should be excited about. We've tried to force the excitement about guys like Jeff Hartlieb, Sam Howard, even players like Chad Cool and Eric Gonzalez, who are a little bit more important to the team. Yeah, I mean, they're doing well, but they're not having any any type of amazing season. Chad Cool has been impressive coming off of Tommy John, but still... This is something that's legit. I mean, every team would be excited about a first-round draft pick, second overall prospect, top 50, 60, whatever he is in all of baseball coming up and making his big league debut. This is significant. And not only is it significant now, it's significant. It's probably the first and most significant step toward the future that's taken place in this new regime. Under Shelton, under Charrington, under uh, Williams, under everyone. This is significant because when you think about the next time this team plays in the playoffs, and I don't think that's going to be for a while. I don't know if it's going to be five years. It might be longer. I hope I'm wrong. But I think it's going to be a long way back to relevancy for this club, even if they keep with the expanded postseason. This is probably going to be the only player that's on that team. Maybe a couple other guys. I mean, you might have a Newman or a Reynolds or a Cole Tucker or a Mitch Keller. You could see that. But of all the guys we've seen in the big leagues, this might be the player that starts it, the next playoff team. When you look back to 2008, 2009, and all those guys are coming up around the same time, it was... I mean, Tabata was part of that group, LOL, but McCutcheon came up, and Neil, Neil Walker, I think, was a little bit more for, before McCutcheon. Uh, Pedro came up around that time. And one by one, Garrett Jones uh, was acquired by trade, I think, and then he came up, and uh, they all started appearing, all of these young guys. And you knew this group's different. They have some talent. These players are legit, and the Pirates... They don't have that big of a wave coming up here, but what they do have are a couple studs, and Cabrian Hayes is one of them. This is a kid that's been an all-star three of the five years he's been in the minor leagues. He's been a Gold Glove Award winner, three of the MILB Gold Glove Award winner, three of the five years he's been in the minor leagues. He posted career highs in home runs and RBIs last year in AAA. They weren't high numbers, but he showed he has a little bit of pop in his bat. He can anyway, and he can continue to get stronger. But he's a great fielder, provides great defense over at third base, and this is a position that the Pirates have not really had any consistency at in a long time, and that's about to change. The kid's young. He's going to come up, and that's going to be his spot more likely than not. For a very long time. And he's going to be someone in the lineup. That you can put in Sharpie. Unless if he's hurt. You can you can write his name there. And you can say. We do not have to worry about third base. 
Shortstop's another position the Pirates really don't have to worry about. Between Gonzalez, Newman, or Tucker, one of those guys is going to hold down the fort for a while. And then you got Nick Gonzalez, too, the first-round pick. He might come up, you know, who, who knows when. But middle infield, second and short, are, are occupado. So that's good. The infield is in place right now. And while I don't know if all those other guys are going to be around for much longer, because I think if a Kevin Newman does start being productive, he might get dealt. Same for Eric Gonzalez, because those are guys that could bring in a big return. They're young, they have lots of years of control, and they have potential. Where Cabrian, that's someone I think they're going to try to build around. And that's exciting. Because this team, this franchise, this organization is in desperate need of someone who can provide a positive spark. And Cabrian Hayes will do that. And I'll tell you right now, this isn't someone that you're going to want to be in front of the TV when he steps to the plate. He's a decent hitter, but he's not going to be, you know, Pedro Alvarez putting balls in the river. He's not going to be Andrew McCutcheon flirting with batting titles and, and MVP awards at the plate. I, I, I don't think that that's this guy. He is going to wow you with his defense. You're going to want to watch him when he's in the field. He's probably someone that on a good team hits in the bottom third of the order. Again, on a really good team. For the Pirates, he might be hitting sixth. He might be, you know, maybe he hits at the top of the order because he's got some speed or whatever. But he's not going to be anything amazing offensively, at least not right now. He could develop into that. But he's, again, he's going to be a solid major league player that they do not have to worry about. And that's important to this franchise of all teams. What's interesting about Hayes is I think the last rookie that get, got called up where people were really, really excited. I remember last year when Cole Tucker and Brian Reynolds were called up. And Reynolds came over in a trade and no one knew a lot about him really. So there wasn't a lot of buzz around him. But people were excited about Cole Tucker. And Cole Tucker came up and as someone who was covering the team, I mean, he he nailed it. Like, not only did he mean he had a game-winning home run in his first game in the big leagues, but just the way he talks with the media, and Cole still is great with the media. He's a, he's a breath of fresh air every time you talk to him. Um, he's fun. He's energetic. He's well-spoken. He's an extrovert. He's he's great with that kind of stuff. Brian is a little different. He's more on the Brian Reynolds side of things. He's kind of quiet from what I've heard. He's kind of introverted. Uh, I remember we Alex and I interviewed his partner, his teammate in AA, um, shortstop second baseman in the uh, – he's he was on Altoona. I, he's not playing – he's not on the uh, extended roster this year. Uh, Steven Alameas is a member of the Pirates farm system, and he kind of talked about how he – Cabrian is quiet – around people he doesn't know but he can be funny in the locker room and in the clubhouse and everything so he's a little bit more reserved of a guy which is different and i'll be interested to see how he handles all the media attention that he gets um i'll be excited to ask him some questions in the zoom call and dan and i are going to have some coverage of his debut 
to early or later today. It, it's going to be fun. And like I said, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is something that fans should be excited about. Hopefully they can tune in not only tonight, but for the rest of the season, this is someone you can watch and have a reason to watch. Alex wrote that story. Why should you continue watching Pirates baseball? Well, Cabrian Hayes is one of those reasons. And when Mitch Keller comes back, and you see they're playing Frazier in the outfield, they're giving Newman reps at second base, Gonzalez at short, Cole Tucker in center field. This might be what those teams moving forward are going to look like. After the trades that they wanted to make yesterday finally can happen that be that in the off season that's approaching or next year's trade deadline or whenever things I, I don't even know I'm not going to say things are coming together because they're not but Cabrian Hayes is a step in the right direction and we'll end on that note be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms hit that hit that subscribe all button if you haven't already go go listen if also if you haven't already to my other podcast that i started the weekend content uh memory lane i interviewed jack wilson speaking of talented players in the field um great conversation i had with jumping jack flash a lot of fun uh, a lot of people seem to like it if you haven't listened to it i highly encourage you go check that out and uh, look forward to the guests that I have coming up. Uh, we're gonna try to. I think we're gonna try to get a Steeler, a former Steeler, on um, this upcoming weekend. But I mean, we've got some Penguins in the works, some Pitt Panthers. We got a lot of stuff brewing. Speaking of other stuff that's brewing, new website, new app. Enjoy all that. That's gonna be a long process. I ask you all to be patient with us because. It's going to be a little bit of a bumpy transition, but once it all gets clicking, it's going to be special because that's what we do here at DK Pittsburgh Sports. We deliver the goods, and we'll deliver the goods tomorrow. Alex has a special episode planned out. I don't think I will be involved, but we got a really special episode of the podcast to be named later planned out for Wednesday. You have that to look forward to. I'll see you then. Well, I'll see you Thursday then, but you get it. Take care. Enjoy Cabrian Hayes. Thank <laughs> you.